I just want to pause for one minute and just um, truly give praise to the Lord. Uh, I watched over the weekend. I know, I know a lot of you listening did too. Actually, I think it was last, I want to say it was last Friday. uh, Two Americans had been released from Hamas that were in Gaza. It was a mom and a daughter. And it's so interesting. And there's been two Israeli women that have been released too. And I want to get to them, but talking about the mom and the daughter for, uh, just a couple of minutes, you know, I've, I've followed all of this pretty closely. And I remembered when they were doing the story on this mom and this daughter, they're from the Chicago area. And the, the daughter had just graduated high school this past year, 17 mm-hmm. years old, not quite 18. She was taking a gap year. Mom and daughter had flown to Israel because it was mom's, the grandmother, you know, mom's mom. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the high schooler is her grandmother. It was a milestone birthday. I think it might've been the 80th birthday or, or something like that. And then her mm-hmm. mom just wanted to take her to Israel for, you know, a vacation just to celebrate uh, her graduation. Sure. And she was going to take a gap year. Then she was going to come back and she was very interested in going into interior design. So they're over in Israel. They just celebrated the birthday. Um, and then obviously the, horrific events of October 7th happened. They were, you know, they were in this house and they were actually texting with the sister, the mom's sister. And then the the sister lost communication, you know, with her sister and her niece. Mm-hmm. And they've just been, it's just been gut-wrenching. But the, mm-hmm. the aunt, I remember them interviewing her and she was the one telling, you know, the story of her sister and her niece. And so when they said, two Americans have been released. It's a mom and a daughter instantly. I'm like, I bet it's that mother and daughter. I Mm, bet it's that mother and daughter from Chicago. And sure enough, it was, they had the husband, the dad and the husband who was still back in Chicago. They had him, uh, on the news the other night and Mm -hmm. just incredible. He was overjoyed, uh, to have them back. And then, you know, a day or so ago, it was, um, announced that two Israeli women had been released, two of the older ones. Mm -hmm. I think one was 79, one was 84, and I was reading about them. And interestingly enough, one of the women, they've been living on the Israeli-Gaza border, I think since she was 18 years old, and she was a humanitarian. Right, Mm -hmm. they're aid workers, both of them. Yes, her and her husband. Her husband's still in captivity. But she would actually take Gazans who had been hurt and transport them to get medical attention in Israel. Israel, In in Israel. So that's four that have been released. Now we can talk about all the political implications. And of course, there's a lot of people talking about, is this to slow the ground invasion? Mm -hmm. Are they going to do two at a time to postpone it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to all of that. All I know is that four people were in captivity and now they're not. And, and Firm Israel, who I follow on Instagram, you know, they're really encouraging us to pray for these, these prisoners, yes. hostages by name. And I was reading one yesterday, and there's, a, I think, the youngest one that they have. I want to say he's eight or nine months old, and mm-hmm. I think his name was Kafir, mm-hmm. like K-F-I-R, I think. And so I'm just praying for him. I'm praying that they, you know, that they release him next. I don't know if his mom is with him. I don't know if he's Mm -hmm. had formula. I don't know if he's being fed. I don't know anything. Sure. And of course, as we talk about this, we absolutely are thinking about all of the innocent Palestinians that it, the the whole thing is just horrific. It is. That's the horrible thing about, about evil when evil enters into human hearts as it has into Hamas. Mm-hmm. The horrible thing is how many innocent lives are disrupted or destroyed. Yeah. And um, that's where our hearts just break. But we yeah. are th- so thankful to hear about yeah. the release of some of these hostages, these prisoners. Yeah. So thankful with more. you on that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. 
talking about uh, the hostages that are slowly being released mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, Gaza. The, the Israeli-Hamas conflict which started, it seems like we've been in it for a while. It's only been a few weeks. But um, I mentioned we have a friend at church whose daughter is there. She's still she's, there, still ministering. She's still there? Yeah, wow. So like you're, wow. You're following Firm, which yeah, is an organization yep. that's there mm-hmm. on the ground trying to mm-hmm. offer relief. She is there, has been a student there, but is also trying to minister, living in the uh, home with a family and was, you know, hearing the bombs bouncing off the Dome of the Rock and all that. So mm-hmm. we've sort of been following what's been happening there, and she's been safe but it just it it brings it a lot closer to home yeah when you've got personal contact with people for us mm-hmm. it's our friend's daughter for you yeah it's a good friend's sister who's sister. involved in yeah. this ministry yes yes you know and it's so it's one of those things where i've 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 followed it a lot i mean i have i did take a break from it this past weekend on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I would turn on just to catch a headline, yeah. but you know, and again, there's the guilt feelings that come with, I get to take a break mm-hmm. from it, but I do think it's healthy to take a break. Um, but just, I'm in constant prayer and it's just, you know, and it's one of those things, it's such an emotionally charged um, atmosphere. I mean, and we've even heard from, you know, from listeners who are very much, on the side of Israel, very much on the the side of, you know, Palestinians. And I personally think that the Palestinians, a lot of them are just as much a victim of Hamas as the Israelis are. Well, of I course. mean, yeah, absolutely. They're, Hamas is a terrorist organization. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, the Palestinians are, are born with them, especially the sweet babies and the kids that are born into this area where Hamas is basically the government, the, you know, the ruling, the ruling over them. Um, Cause you know that there's a lot of Palestinian Palestinians Christians. that understand. Yeah. Christians, oh, yeah. Or, or maybe they're not Christians. Maybe they're Muslims and they understand that this oh, is yes. not, there's a this mix is of not both. I right. Before, yeah, it's when I was in college, both. the lady yeah. that I worked for was an Episcopalian mm-hmm. from yeah. Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I didn't realize the extent, the reason I brought Christians into the conversation so quickly Sorry, mm-hmm. but the but that's because I just was shocked to, to know how deep the roots and how wide the roots of Christianity mm-hmm. in in Palestine are. I mean, obviously yeah. the Holy Land is where yes, where Jesus sure. was, and where, where it all started. you know where it all started. But yeah. but the fact that that there's so many Palestinian Christians there, yeah, and there are. churches with deep deep roots in the in yeah. the area, yeah. And so we have brothers and sisters both in Israel and in and the Gaza. Gaza. The Gaza Strip, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, you know, when you look at Jordan, and again, I've done deep dives in all of this, but when you look at Jordan and Egypt and they won't allow the refugees, you know, they won't allow them into their, their country. They're, they, it, you know, and I, from what I understand, there's talks saying, please let them into the, the country. But, you know, the Egyptians and the Jordanians, they're very nervous because of the terrorist, you know, if they can the infiltrate in and look mm-hmm. like civilians, so it's just, oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you. And, I, you know, Bill, you talked about this last week about just the prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, your kingdom and come, your, your will kingdom be done come. Earth, yes. And I heaven. truly, I've truly prayed that and just said, Father, be near. Father, yeah. just be near, be near, be near. But it is, it is, all of it is just so disconcerting. And when you, I've tried to stop reading actual stories of what Hamas did um, because it is, I can't even wrap my brain around yeah, it. It is, it's not details. even human. Since you brought yeah. it up real quickly, I mean, it is, there is a, there, there is a spiritual war going on. Yep. The Bible's yep. clear about it. Yes. Christians believe in the, in, in this and your prayers are a weapon in that war. Mm-hmm. So do not neglect to pray for this area of the world and for this conflict. And don't, and one, just one more quick word and we'll be done with this. Don't let the time that's passing, because we're three weeks out to where it falls off your radar and we get back right. to normal, you know, because the longer this goes on, it's, it's going to become white noise and it's not, this is, no. these are people's lives, yes. it's their lives and, and, and a witness and for the faith. Um, so anyway, just, yes, we have to keep praying. 
I was driving in this morning and just having, you know, reading, reading, quote unquote, reading my Bible, listening to my Bible. I do the Bible app, the Terry Lee Cobble, the Bible recap. And I don't know if y'all have these mornings sometimes, but I'll pray. And then sometimes I just want to sit in silence and just mm-hmm. and just try and listen. And, you know, I'll even say to the Lord sometimes, Lord, and I'm, I don't feel this way this morning, but there have been times where it's like, Lord, I'm tired. I'm going to listen this morning. And it wasn't it wasn't that I actually feel great this morning, got a good night's sleep. But I just wanted to be I don't know. I just wanted to be silent. I prayed through, you know, a lot of different things and still had time. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, what song would I like to listen to? And of course, I'm always listening to the Joy FM. But I thought about Brandon Lakes. I'm just kind of telling y'all how I got here. This is when people say, Carmen, you don't have to tell us what everyone was wearing and where everyone was standing and essentially what I'm doing this morning. But where, I was, where were Dave and I when yeah, you were having well, this? I don't know. Y'all were in your offices. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so don't, she's already going around Laura's house to get yeah. there. You don't have to <laughs> don't ask, don't ask questions. Make me go more. Um, but Braden Lake has a brand new record out, brand new project, Code of Many Colors. And I had seen the other day, we talked about it briefly. Uh, his mom had many, many miscarriages before he was, before he was born. Mm-hmm. And so, and his mom was on his Instagram the other day and he was talking about the song. She was talking about the song Miracle Child. So in my mind, I had preconceived notions that this was going to be the story of, you know, infertility and him being born and right. and all of that. But wouldn't you leave it to Brandon Lake? He is just going to make it. He's going to make it about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's a song about all of us, all mm-hmm. of us who have placed our faith in the Lord. But he talks about I am resurrected. I am blood protected mm. after he talks about the resurrection mm-hmm. it's uh it's really good just the 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 just the just the lyrics mm-hmm. they're amazing so i uh i did walk in a couple of minutes ago and said dave grab the new brandon lake and so he actually was very sweet thank you dave and naughty. i had already had coffee so. <laughs> <laughs> so can we listen to it right now sure, together? Let's do. it's brandon lake called miracle child i shouldn't be alive my future was six feet under Ooh. I know, right? Wow. Brandon I, Lake, uh, Miracle Child. I'm telling you what, to have, I guess that's why I was so describing my write-in this morning, to have, to listen to scripture and to pray and then to just finish it with that uh, song is so just, powerful and it's all it's of course it would be brandon lake yeah. to talk about you know it's it's you know for those who've only heard his singles yeah yeah it's very different it's, it's different yeah. and it, it just draws you in yeah. you want to listen you want to hear every lyric you do. and the line that got me was the one right before you quoted where he says mm-hmm. death where is your sting mm-hmm. my savior's word is final yes that's yes. a word of promise. Yep. That's a word of resurrection. That's a word of hope, of new life. And that song is full of all, all of, that. of that. And truly, that is, and then the part where he said he was in the grave. And I mean, six feet under. Right. Anytime you talk about the resurrection and you say three days later, you got me. <laughs> I mean, you got me. But that is, that song is all of us. It's all of That's us. That's right. It's it's all of it's it's yeah. it's our it's our biography. We um, we often don't think of the miracle yeah. of what it means for yeah. God to turn people who are rebels and sinners into mm-hmm. children, yep. adopted mm-hmm. sons and daughters of God. But that's what He did through, and that's what He does through faith in Jesus. Yeah. As uh, Phil Wickham says, we were the prisoners. Now we're running free. Yeah. We were the what was the something? Now we're royalty. The paupers. Mm-hmm. No, but now it's not, we're royalty. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's not that word, but it's, it's like that. Yeah. Anyway, good stuff this morning. Brandon Lake on his brand new record. Again, I'm struggling with my with my physics. This what is that thing? A law at rest. It's the law of inertia. A law. A body at rest mm-hmm. will tend to remain at rest unless acted on by a greater force. Something like that. That's basically Close it. Enough, yeah. I get what okay. you're yeah. What does that got to do with your health and your longevity? You'll find out. If you have watched your parents as they have gotten older or if, if you're feeling some of those creaks that come along and I don't remember who I was talking to somebody in their 30s was like man this is harder than it used to be yeah it is it you start feeling those effects pretty early um, but 
there is this space now, and I'm I at this point I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm I'm guessing here. I'm thinking it's kind of between physical therapy on one end and the physical fitness industry on the other, called functional fitness, and it kind of looks at okay, we want to be able to do the things that you always do, but if you're not intentional about some fitness, especially as you age you can lose those abilities. What am I talking about? Things like carrying bags of groceries, putting that um, carry-on luggage up in the bin, uh, bending over to tie your shoes. These things, as you age, can become more more challenging. So I, I don't even know what the source of this is, but Tanner Garrity has this article. He talks about um, functional fitness and something called the centenarian decathlon from a longevity expert named Peter Adia. And basically, it is exercises that you would do that are specifically targeted at keeping you mobile and able to do the things you want to do, like playing 18 holes of golf, opening a jar, um, doing 30 consecutive jump rope skips or carrying groceries. And he says these challenges seem so trivial and so obvious for the majority of our lives. But if you lose these things, you begin to lose some independence. So they paired... 10 lifelong tasks in this article with functional fitness exercises. For example, carrying groceries, farmer's walk would be the exercise. Farmer's walk? Yep, where you grab a heavy dumbbell or kettlebell in uh, each hand. Yes, yes, yeah. And you extend them at your sides, keep uh -huh. your core engaged, your shoulders back, and walk forward for a set distance or time. Mm. Uh, lifting a child off the ground. If you are in the stage where you're going to become a grandparent or you are a grandparent, you want to be able to lift that little one up, and deadlifts are a good way to do that. You don't have to do them like the big yeah. ripped guys at the mm -hmm. gym, yeah. but basically— you have, be, you have to be careful with those deadlifts, though, yes. especially with someone who has a bad back or has a, I've thrown my back out before. You mm -hmm. have to have Ooh. right form. Yeah. You stand with your feet shoulder-width yeah. apart, bend at the hips and knees, grip a barbell or pair of dumbbells, stand up by engaging your glutes and hamstrings. But if you're going to do those, watch a few— expert videos on those you and know maybe consult your the the problem doctor. with with uh, taking those into the real world and picking up children yes is if you if the deadlifts will help yeah but if you treat your toddler like the deadlift and you you pick them up like that yeah and maybe give them a little bit of a toss and catch <laughs> the problem is the barbell will never keep saying again right <laughs> But the child will. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. If you're having trouble getting things lifted up above your head, shoulder presses, you, you sit or stand and take a pair of dumbbells from shoulder height to overhead, and then tying your shoes, goblet squats would be a great exercise for that. Those are my favorite. I do those all the do time. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. These are these are great. For, if you're a runner like I try to be, mm -hmm. these are great where you basically are just taking a kettlebell, hold it close to your chest, perform a squat, but you got to make sure your knees stay yeah. over your toes and, and that you're going straight down and straight up. And two notes on the goblet squat. And you can do it. You can, it doesn't have to be a kettlebell that works. I don't yeah. have a kettlebell, but I've got a 30 pound dumbbell right. that I use and you, you know, you, you hold it by the head of, you know, one end of the dumbbell, but man, you want to, you want to take that to the next level, do an elevated goblet squat. You will work the inside of those, those, you know, your inner thigh and your, your quads too. Is that where you go up on your tiptoes mm -hmm. and then come so down? So what you do is you put uh, two, I put two um, weights, two weights back to back on the floor. Yeah. And you just step up on them. Your oh, yeah. heels, you put your heels up on the, the, the weights and yeah. then you squat with your heels elevated on the other weights. Yep. That'll get you some burn. Oh, it does. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I mean, there's more than one reason yeah. to be active and to be exercising, but- you know, walking is the thing we've talked about a mm -hmm. hundred times on here, yep. staying active, but specific exercises for specific tasks, mm -hmm. functional fitness is what they're calling it. You should probably look into it yeah. and it might help as you Dave, uh, need Dave, it. Let's go Google it. I can't do an old voice like you can. You do it. Oh, what did you I watched the Google. <laughs> Talking about functional fitness a couple of minutes ago, let's take it from, you know, one extreme to the other. Let's go to TikTok for a few minutes. I'm not on TikTok, and I understand, you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding TikTok. That said, I think there's a TikTok trend. I saw it once it hit Instagram, 
but there's I heard it started on TikTok where it's it, I don't know how the sequence of the numbers, but it's something like uh, twelve three thirty. Here's what that means. Oh yes, you get. Have you seen this? I think Madison's been doing it for Has a while. She? Okay, yeah. yep. women are. I tried it for two minutes the other day, but here's yeah. what the just to bring everyone in. Here's what the twelve, the twelve three thirty means. You're on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. You take it up to a twelve degree incline. Twelve degree, which is pretty good. Oh, you're walking very steep. Listen, you are the steepest. Well, the two steepest mountains I've ever climbed, hills I've ever climbed, were out in Colorado at a Young Life camp. And then when we went to Blue Ridge yes. a couple of years ago, I'm telling you, you, you couldn't tell in the video, <laughs> but we were the cabin that we stayed stayed at on this mountain. I don't even know how cars got up to the next house because mm-hmm. it looked like you were just driving straight up perpendicular. But on the the treadmill, you go to a 12 degree incline at a three mile per hour, uh-huh. which is 3.0. That's the speed on your treadmill for 30 minutes. So it's called 12, 330. I may not have the numbers in the right order. I the I saw this the other day, and then my girlfriend has been doing it, and we were talking about it on the phone, and I was like, Phoebe, oh my goodness, 30 minutes at a 12-degree incline, and she says, well, I, I do varying degrees just to kind of keep it interesting, um, but there's part of me that kind of wants to like do a 30-day challenge, but I got on my treadmill the other day, because that's what I got for Christmas last year, and I put it up to 12. I uh-huh. didn't like Right. I didn't That's last what I was going to say. So Madison was doing this, and I think it's an influencer that made this popular. Okay. But it was she was doing it, and she was doing it regularly. She says, "Dad, that, gosh, it wears me out to go thirty minutes." I tried it, and I think it was about three minutes in. I'm like, "I'm done." Yeah, exactly. So I'd have to work my I'd have to work my way up. But I will tell you this: when I back when I was a young life leader years ago, went with a group of kids out to Colorado at a young life camp. It was amazing. And the way uh, young life camps are set up is, you know, you've got your cabins kind of on the outskirt of the mm-hmm. the camp and probably all of them are set up like this. And you kind of have the hub and the gathering space and all that at the center. Well, in Colorado, that was in kind of in the valley, and then you had to walk up the hill, up the the hill. I sound like a your Alabama hillbilly. came yeah. out for a you second. You have to walk up the hill to the cabins. Well, when you're out there for seven, eight days, I mean, I would be walking with my girls. I'm cabin leader. They're talking about something, and they were the same as me. We'd start talking, get halfway up that hill, heading to the cabin. It's like, it's like okay, sweetie, you're gonna have to. I will answer you when we get to his job right, because right, I cannot right. talk. Right. I can either I, talk yeah. or breathe. Listen. I can't do both. Oh, exactly. 100%. But we all went to the airport, got on the plane, and sweet Debbie Hobart, who one of my dearest friends, she's since passed away. But Debbie worked for, you know, she worked for Young Life. But Debbie and I, we looked at each other and we're like, look at our legs. They're so in shape. They've not been this in shape. And then we were both, you know, when we get home, it's like, oh, Let's find mountains to keep climbing. There are no mountains in Florida. Let's find mountains to keep climbing so we can keep our legs this in shape. They mountains in Florida, yeah. you can get them from Peloton. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dick's right. Sporting Goods, yeah, you can get exactly. them there. You or you can go to Bach Towers and find the only one in town. Yeah, right. probably. But yeah, that's a that's a trend. So Mama may, Mama may try that at some point. I don't know that I can go straight to that 12 incline. I will have to work my way up. 12. Uh, how about let's 12, do yeah. six. Six. Uh, what's the three? Can we part? just start at three three thirty? Yeah, can we just yeah. go three three thirty? Start at like yeah. a three degree incline, three miles per hour. Make for it twenty, minutes. and I'm in three okay. six nine twelve. <laughs> there you go. I heard Rob tell a story in the news just a few minutes ago, and I had just actually been handed the same story, and uh, we got a text from somebody. Hitch was just telling me immediately if they heard. Uh, Rob, tell the story, saying they needed to know Carmen's reaction to the story. Uh, and I knew she had stepped out of the room to get coffee. Mm-hmm. So you haven't heard the story. No, I have not. And it's I, gonna, I is was it going to be a tea, plane so. thing? Mm-hmm. No, I did a plane story yesterday. Snake. I would never do two. Is it going to be a snake It's thing? not a snake. Ugh. It is not. What? <laughs> it's an iguana. Ah. So here's a guy in Hollywood, Florida. Gets up in the morning, heads to the bathroom like many people do first thing in the morning pops open the lid and jumps back about four feet (laughs) when he sees the iguana curled up in the bowl then he (laughs) 
That's what they were looking did for. Did he? Did uh-huh. he flip on? I just here's my thing. Do you flip on the? Because we've talked about this for right. years on the show. Like when I get up in the middle of the night, I kind of flip on the light. Yeah, just really just quickly, to see, just to make sure there's no snake in the toilet. Yeah, no. We and we have a Emily's put a lamp in with a sensor on it now, so yeah, y'all are all. Good. I, I can't walk into the bathroom without right. the light turning yeah. on. Just to be clear, if you're a guy, the light has to be on. Just okay. saying. <laughs> okay, got it. Agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Greenspan, the guy uh, called Animal Control and a friend to help catch this slippery little How big reptile. was this thing? Well, big enough. I got a picture here. I I'll don't want to see okay. it. Ooh. Let's just say uh, he doesn't completely fill the bowl, but tail and all, it's a, there's not a lot of uh, extra How room. did he get in there? Mm. Crawled. Mm-hmm. I so, understand that. Up through the pipes? Mm-hmm. And wow. so when they, uh, the way most how Lizards you... would crawl up a pipe, I suppose. Ugh. So uh, I, I must have been. I'm with her on this. I I'm not sure how. It seems I thought it was kind of a closed system. At least, I mean, I realize it's not a closed system. It's for not very closed. long. I mean, but it can't be a closed system. I mean, otherwise, then why don't we have more snakes to in our toilets everywhere? Then well, because it's also not something that's. They're not looking for those kinds of holes to crawl into. Apparently, <laughs> but. You know there are there are some bends and twists and oh. in in a toilet bowl specifically there are a couple of things that are yeah. designed to keep air levels where they need I mean, to be for proper flushing. All right, we'll there. let him get the story out. We keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead, please. But we'd like to interrupt because no, let's not keep going. So he calls animal control and a friend of his to help catch the reptile, which slithers back down the pipe before they can get to it, only to apparently pop up in a neighbor's toilet who texted him and says hey i found a lizard in my toilet and i caught it and he greenspan then said he was he was praising his neighbor because there was no way he was going to be reaching down into that hole to grab a lizard so he was happy that his neighbor had done it and so they eventually got the the iguana back where it needed to be back where it belonged here's where i get off the bus as if I wasn't going to yeah, be off the bus with it on in the it by yourself at this point. So. Yeah. They put it in a clear plastic box and then they took it up the road and let it loose. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I hope it doesn't pop back through the pipes. Seriously. Here's the deal. You know, there are certain movies that you watch uh-huh. and you, you see people do things, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, uh, one of those movies where they're being chased by yeah, something and you're some guy in a mask with a machete. Uh-huh. And they decide to hide in the weirdest places that you would yeah, never. And, like, and it's like, there. Right. just yeah. get in the car and drive away. Uh-huh. Don't run into the woods and hide behind a tree. <laughs> or or why are you staying in the house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Right. That's kind of my reaction to this. You took it up the road and let it go. <laughs> it's already been in two neighbors' toilets. Mm-hmm. And you're just hoping it didn't like it <laughs> and doesn't decide to come yeah, back. But where would you take it? Um, to the zoo? Another neighborhood. Oh. Uh, let it be let, <laughs> let it be it. their problem. I mean, you know, transport it, just ship it to another state. Yeah, okay. I'm just not taking it up the road and then hoping that it you you are already paranoid enough that yeah. something's going to pop up in your toilet. I'd probably sell the house. Well, that's what I'm thinking, but the, <laughs> the day something pops up in the toilet, I'm done. You're you're not going to just take it down the road and hope that doesn't happen I'm again. It's already anyone. happened once. I want to meet the dude that said, "Hey, there's a lizard in my toilet. Let me grab it with my bare hands and put it in a plastic box." I mean, um, that's he's the he's also the guy that's first reaction to a snake in the grass is to reach out and grab it. I would guess. So do this slow, like pull up the pick up the papers. Don't let me see them. Uh-huh. Go back to the picture. Turn it around, okay, and just like flash it at me. Like, don't let me see it for a long time. Just like flash it really fast and let me see. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, I can I, I can see, see it without. Yeah, here, I'll just hand it to Bill. I just wanted to see just... how big it was. Oh my word! Uh, no. Decent size. That's probably a foot and a half, Woo. tip to tail. Wouldn't you say? All right, or guys. two feet. This is maybe, a public. Maybe this is a public service announcement. If you get up in the middle of the night, flip on the light. Right. Take a glance. And if there's ever anything there, call a realtor. <laughs> Got a text from a listener that said, being from uh, Broward County, which is just above Miami on the east coast of Florida, uh, 
It's a sight to see iguanas falling from the trees during the winter months. Oh, when they're frozen. Right. They're all over the road in West Broward, west of Mm -hmm. Hollywood, towards 75. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're almost as common as geckos. It's, over here. It's so funny because when Bill, uh, not Bill, when Dave <clears throat> started, Dave. I Bill. know, yes, yeah. I've only worked with you for what, almost 20 years. Um, when Dave started to tell the story, that was the first thing that I thought of because I think it was you years ago, or I don't know, maybe it was you, Bill, that talked about when we had those, it was, you mm-hmm. know, we only get a couple of freezes a year. Yeah. Yeah. But I talked about that. Yes. And the geckos fall or the iguanas, iguanas. Yeah. falling from, the trees. from the trees probably beneath the dignity of a christian radio station to have a segment this morning called the worst thing i've ever found in my toilet but <laughs> the worst thing i've ever found in my toilet this happened years ago okay we were living in another house kids were young it's a three-bedroom two-bath house and one of our toilets had just stopped working and i was working two jobs which i've done ever since and just didn't want to deal with it couldn't deal with it during the week so i shut the bathroom door i said we're going to use this bathroom so it probably sat for honestly a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and we just didn't go in there so i'm you know one night i'm just we're trying to sleep the master bathroom is off the master bedroom and i i'm just hearing something that sounds like this squeaky so the like the bathroom that wasn't working was the master master bath right and it's like there there there's like a, a little sound like maybe some rusty hinges or something and my brain didn't process it, so I hear that. Next night, I hear the same thing, this squeaking noise. I'm thinking, that's coming from the bathroom. So I get up the next morning. It's probably a Saturday. And I open the door. So and you I open heard the this lid. at night. I, at exactly. Night. But you waited till the next right. morning to... Okay. No, and this is the second night. I would have right. been up that first night. No, I'm not going to be like those guys in those films that go rushing into the where the the scary noise is. I'm just going to stay in my safe bed until the light comes uh-huh. on. So well, your safe into- bed is attached to the room where the scary noises are coming from. I think I would investigate the noise. Door was shut. So I go and I lift up the toilet lid. It's a family of rats. Ugh. A mama. Ugh. Bill. Crawled into the toilet. From the pipes? Must have. Did these animals not drown? It was not wet. No. Well, then it didn't come up through the toilet. It probably came down through the exhaust thing on the roof because we had a fruit tree outside. We we had to watch for that because fruit trees will sometimes attract, if you let the fruit stay on the ground, it'll attract rodents. Okay. So that's probably what happened. She had babies in that toilet. That's not cute. It was not cute. And it, it was not a happy ending. Sorry, because I, I had to call pest control. Sure, but Ugh. I've never let a toilet stay dry, ever, ever again. again. Yeah, that's the moral of that story. I if bet you, Kimberly was standing on the bed. It. Let's just say it got into the urgent category oh, real <laughs> fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something that can be a controversial topic. <laughs> Really? I don't you? know any other way to to bring it up, <laughs> um, but it happens. It happens this time of year. But I follow a a girl on Instagram. Her name's Felicia Masonheimer. She's a Bible teacher, and she's really, really, really good. She's she's pretty solid, very thoughtful. She lives in Michigan. Haley turned me on to her several several years ago. Um, but I want to talk about Halloween, and before everybody falls out, <laughs> uh, it was here we, even. Dave and Bill and myself, we all three have had different experiences. Um, and we've got believers, and I think that's part of what makes it a, you know, a little bit of a, a tender spot. You've got believers who, I, I don't know if you want to say celebrate Halloween, but they participate in Halloween. They dress their kids up like Cinderella, and they walk around the neighborhood, and they participate. We were in that category. Pete loves to sit outside. He loves buying the full-size candy bars. He loves being the most popular house in the neighborhood. Um, and then you have believers on the other end of the spectrum that they don't participate. They don't want anything to do with it. And that is that is fine, too. Um, and then you've got people who participate, but they go to their church. And you have fall festivals and trunk retreat or those kind of things. But yeah. I felt like Felicia, she posted something the other day. And I just thought this was very thoughtful. And if it gets, I want to read a couple of things to, you know, to us. Um, and she even wrote in her, in her, uh, in her comment, she goes, be respectful in the comments. I will de- delete condescending and rude behavior. She always talks about as believers, how we're supposed to treat one another. Yeah. So I bring this up just because uh, I've seen fighting over this 
this topic. Mm -hmm. And as we always say, you're not going to win. You're not going to win arguments in the comment section. Mm -hmm. But I felt like Felicia had some some good things. She goes, here's how we handle Halloween with our kids. She goes, number one, discuss from a place of peace and authority, not fear or legalism. Mm. Our kids are in a covenant home led by Christ. While there is truly increased spiritual activity on this day due to how it is used and celebrated in certain circles, those spiritual forces have no authority over us, nor do we approach it from a standpoint of law and comparison. Speak from peace, confidence, and grace. This is our heritage. And, you know, I even, when I was talking to Dave and Bill about this off air, I even looked at y'all and I said, do you think there's increased spiritual? Because that's just foreign to me. Yeah. You know, it's just foreign. Again, when you're in a neighborhood, we've been in our neighborhood for, you know, 20-something years. It It is a block party. It yeah. really becomes a block party. And you see... Uh, you know, all the little princesses and the, you know, it's not the dark stuff. Sure. At all. I mean, so. and, and for occult groups and things like yeah. that, it is an important Yeah, and I just, day. that's not even, it's just not even on my radar. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, number two, family values, uh, family values uphold what is true, good, and beautiful. Holidays are celebrations. They teach us what matters most, what defines us culturally, and they uh, become the patterns we take into the future. Our family makes decisions on preferential issues by asking, is this good? Is this true? Is this beautiful? Mm -hmm. Truth, goodness, and beauty all originate with God. Yes. If the thing we are pattering into our family does not meet these three, we don't participate except redemptively, which is her point three. Uh, and here's point three. Ask, is it possible to redeem something untrue, not good, and not beautiful? We believe there are three ways Christians navigate cultural issues. Passive participation, redemption, or abstaining. Mm -hmm. We personally believe passive participation is not an option in her city because it has strong Wiccan, a strong Wiccan presence. Again, she's in, in Michigan. Right. Uh, this leaves redemption and abstaining. Redeeming something like Halloween might look like leading, supporting, and outreach, creating a great spot for trick-or-treaters, and getting to know your neighbors, getting to know their names, or hosting an annual party con to connect and love others that night. I'm not going to read four and five. I'm just going to read the the top. But she says, number four, create truth, goodness, and beauty our kids can look forward to. She goes into what Halloween really means, All mm -hmm. Hallows' Eve, which is the night before All Saints' Day, November mm -hmm. 1st. You've talked a lot about that. Yeah. She says that's part of our church legacy. Right. And then lastly, she said, speak of Halloween and those who celebrate it culturally with respect and love. Right. And she says, you know, choose joy, not fear. Choose grace, not legalism. Choose honor. And she just keeps I talking. Think if you're going to... Proclaim the name of Christ, and then you're ugly to people yeah. about something that they do participate in. I don't think you're gonna. You're I, not gonna. I, win I do think sometimes Christians forget that that Halloween is is the Lord's day. Now, day. don't hear what I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not yeah. saying, oh, that's. But it, He's sovereign over everything. He, he doesn't is. get off the throne one day right. a year and say, "Hey, right. Satan, this is your day." Yeah. Um, Let me just. Despite the here. fact that there are wicked groups and occult sure. groups and others that and paganism if we're just being honest has been yeah. on the rise in the west for a while now yeah. so but here's the the challenge john 17 15 and 16 say i don't ask father this is jesus praying to his father that you uh -huh. take them out of the world mm -hmm. but that you keep them from the evil one they are not of the world just as i am not of the world this is the challenge always for christians mm -hmm. is how do we be in the world but not of the world and i think that article Mm -hmm. does a five stars out of five job mm -hmm. of talking about redemption. We're going to take the redemptive path mm -hmm. at Martin Manor. Mm -hmm. We're going to, the house is going to be all lit up. Ours too. We'll have candy. We'll meet, we get to meet our neighbors mm -hmm. on our front porch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that will be in a redemptive approach to this night. Absolutely. And, you know, and hear us say, if you don't want to participate or don't believe in it and you have strong convictions that's okay. Good on That's you. okay. That is totally fine. I think when I see all of the nastiness, like you're trying to convince other believers why they're wrong and your nastiness is not just as sinful. So I think that's where I, it's how we speak to one yeah. another. I take issue with as much as, as much as anything. For sure. That's really good. You're going to post that? Yep. Totally. Okay. At themorningcruise.com. Alicia Masonheimer. I've got a few texts asking who that was that Carmen was reading and sharing from. Uh, it's her Instagram post, and you can find a link to it on our page at themorningcruise.com, Handling Halloween with Kids. Yes, and just uh, speaking to my sisters out there, she's a solid, solid follower.
though, I've got some good news for people who like to hit the snooze alarm. Oh, good. Give, give or who us set, that good news. Talk, yeah, talk to us. Or yes. people who set multiple alarms like uh, Bill. Talk uh-huh. to us. Mm-hmm. That would be, How many alarms that would be, do you set, Bill? Three, typically, have, for the morning. I have two, five yeah. minutes apart. There's a new study okay. from the Journal of Sleep Research. <laughs> yep. And it says that people who go back to sleep for an extra 30 minutes in the morning mm-hmm. show improved performance in cognitive tests compared to those who immediately get up. Hmm. They say the brief snooze period might help alleviate what they're calling sleep inertia. Okay, help really quickly. And again, I'm going to let you get through the story. Aren't most alarms set to go off every eight or nine minutes Mine later? Mine's nine. Yeah, Mine's yeah. nine. So how can we even get that extra Well, 30? that's what I'm thinking. It's like 30 minutes. That's not snooze alarm. Yeah. That's like setting your clocks ahead. Like that's it's that's like getting like, a nap after right. your sleep. That's setting one alarm to wake you up and then let you sleep another half hour. But they say that it doesn't substantially disturb your sleep. They surveyed seventeen, a little over 1,700 people. 69% of them said they either hit the snooze or use multiple alarms, at least occasionally. Yeah. And apparently it helps overcome sleep inertia. You're more awake and alert when you do get up yeah. than if you just immediately roll out of bed. And that's true unless you're, I mean, if, you only, if, you, if you're getting enough sleep. If you're getting four hours sleep, that I can tell you from experience, that doesn't help. I, but, I say that. I don't know how you, I do not know right. how you function. I've, I'm fighting for more sleep these days, but I, I will say You've I do. You've been fighting for more sleep as long as I've known you. Let me just and tell I'm you now. It's a losing it's, fight. Three, four minutes more than when <laughs> you first met me. But it's, it, I do the multiple alarm thing. I just, I have a hard time just right out of bed. Now, yeah. if I were in the military, that's you got It's the way you got to right. do it. And some people are just naturally wired that way, but I'm not. See, I will hit the snooze one time, mm-hmm. and it's a nine-minute snooze. And I don't know if it helps me overcome sleep inertia or not, mm-hmm. but it keeps me from, for me, it's a mental thing. Mm. It's not the alarm goes off and, oh, I got to get up. That extra nine mm-hmm. minutes is like, okay, yeah. I've had my warning. Yes, yeah. that's Now it's time too. to go ahead and get up. Because I never go back to sleep. Oh, when, I do. I oh. have gone back to sleep for that nine minutes. I, I can't. But like even this morning, I woke up at 2.30, went and used the restroom, looked at my phone just to make sure the girls hadn't texted me anything. And then I laid there, I mean, wide awake for over over an hour from 2.30 to probably mm. quarter till four. And then by that point, it's like, well, I got to get up in 45 minutes. And yeah. I did do, uh, doze back off, but... It's hard when you wake up at 2.30 in the morning, you're just laying there going, okay. I have two problems with the snooze. One, if I forget to turn it off, off, yeah, it's going to go off again in another nine minutes. Uh-huh. And at that point, now it's just bothering Emily. Yes. Yeah. You so I try to, to remember to actually turn it off. Yeah. But the other thing, talk about waking up and having to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. If I wake up and I roll over and... Like my alarm's going to go off at four thirty. Uh-huh. If I roll over and it's four fifteen, now I'm just irritated. Yes, right. right. Yes. Yep. Same. Yep. I will say for me, waking up like that, it's a little bit like there's pieces of my brain scattered around the room. Uh-huh. The first alarm, one square gets put in place, <laughs> but I don't know who I am or where I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second alarm, there's another piece that comes in. I'm like, oh, I think I'm Bill. <laughs> And then by the third piece yeah. of the right. brain that gets put into the, you know. It's like, oh, today's Wednesday. Got to get it and go to work. Yeah. Here we go. That's funny. So I don't know you, what you that might, is. You but. might want a fourth alarm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure all of your brain shows up all the time. I'm laughing because I'm deciding, I'm trying to decide how honest I want to be. It's hard for me not to be a thousand percent honest. It yeah, is. It is. So I think I'm just going to be honest and make Dave and Bill really uncomfortable. <laughs> so here's the thing. Wouldn't be the first this time. This is actually just... In, this is vintage Carmen. This right? is so it's a weekly Carmen. occurrence. This is uh-huh. so Carmen. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> I am not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not one of those people. However, that said, I am a little concerned about AI. I think AI has become all the rage. And I remember us talking about AI, I don't know, several months ago. And I thought, what if they change the Bible? What if they change scripture? <laughs> I got it. And, and I even and said it they- on air. Would they be AI in this? Yeah, case? I mean, what if they just make it say what they want it to say? I oh, want that I, person's every first, day. Unfortunately, this is Terminator level conspiracy theory. I'm, because I'm not first, a the AI has to become self-aware. Yeah, well, and then AI's, develop an agenda. But also, uh-huh. AI is being shaped by people. 
Well, yeah. And I, the people that they're being shaped by, I don't know if they believe in Jesus. So yeah, I'm anyway, just saying, that's AI the honest, has yet honest. to take steps on its own to do something. So, so all that to say, throw all that out the window. Don't even listen to me because I'm crazy. I did say it on air though when we were talking about AI. Yeah. Because I think actually I think what we started talking about, Bill, is you were talking about ethical, ethical things down the road. Right. Are we going to have to start treating AI? ethically and i'm like it's a computer unplug it like we i think we almost got into a little bit of a dip, debate i on can't air. do that dave yeah she's oh she's i can firmly gone into that particular mm-hmm. no that was a 2001 space odyssey reference oh, i've never seen it so i just remember that day we got in we kind of got into it a little bit and mm-hmm. so i went to amazon and i ordered bibles <laughs> you did. she's the only one i know so that these actually. are these are pre-ai edits <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm crazy. This is my brain. This is my brain. I'm sorry. I apologize. Y'all had to love me anyway. I'm your sister in Christ. Okay, so I ordered some Bibles. I have three right here, but here's who I'd like to give them to. I would love to give these three Bibles. I want you to text us. You can text us 800-456-8910. First of all, if you don't have a Bible, maybe you're a younger person and you've always used the Bible on your phone, then text us and actually, is it is it bad if I say send us a selfie because I just love to see their faces. It's, send us a selfie, okay? So now if make you sure don't, that selfie has not been touched up by AI. <laughs> by AI, right. no filters. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have a Bible, this is NLT, New yeah. Living Tr- Translation. It's one of my favorite translations. It's the translation that I have. It's a thin line. Uh, it's a thin, so it's a thinner Bible. They're they're nice, nice Bibles, and it's really yeah. readable. The NLT translation is yeah. very readable. Yeah. So if you don't have a Bible, send us a selfie and say I don't have a Bible. I'd love one, or. If maybe your Bible is worn out, you've had it forever, and you're actually in need of a new Bible, and you're about ready to get one, then you can tell us that too. I have three, so I'll have Hitch go through the text, and uh, we will mail you a brand new. What'd you say before if you're AI? Pre AI. <laughs> we'll pick. We'll pick three yeah, winners. Three here. winners. Yeah. Eight hundred. Each of you will get one of these. Sure. Eight hundred four five six eight nine ten. Just gave away some Bibles here, some physical Bibles on the morning cruise. And somebody texted in the middle of all that and said, Carmen, you're not crazy to think that AI is a concern regarding Mm -hmm. the Bible. About a month ago, I was looking up a reference to something I knew was in the Bible, but I couldn't remember where it was. So Mm -hmm. you know how you put it in your search engine? Yeah. And they say some search engines are now doing an AI summary at the top of the page. Mm. And some of these summaries leave a lot to be desired. For example... Mm -hmm. This search was Bible verses about chains, and they quoted a few texts, and the AI said, Mark 5, 4 states that Jesus was often bound with shackles and chains, and the chains were torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Now, where is that in the Bible? It ain't there. Mm-mm. I don't know which texts they're reaching into or how it's piecing it together. Yeah. Perhaps some from Second Temple period apocryphal texts, perhaps from no one other what sources. What does but Mark five four actually state? Well, we'd have to actually look it up in a reliable <laughs> Bible. So I, I think that um, you know, just like any other technology, mm-hmm. we have to walk with with walk with our eyes wide open. Sure. There was a church service this last summer in Germany, an experimental church service, a gathering of German churches, mm-hmm. and an AI preached and I led the this. entire service. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that I think will probably happen is that we're going to know the difference. Mm-hmm. We're going to be reminded mm-hmm. that being a pastor is not just about having great content. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching this week, and I want the content of the sermon to be great, but I'm also praying for my heart that God would mm-hmm. wring my heart out mm-hmm. as I bring that message to the church, because it has to be more than just content. And this particular a group of people were responding. They said, yeah, the content was pretty good, but it was a bit monotone. And they said there was no real interaction between believers and the chat bot, which wasn't able to respond to laughter mm-hmm. or any other reactions. And then this is the most important comment. Mm-hmm. The person who created this experiment said, the pastor is in the congregation. They live with them. They bury the people. They know them from the beginning. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That human touch, that mm-hmm. incarnation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that AI has no soul. That's another part yeah. that they mentioned, of course. I do think, going back to my conspiracy theory, actually, I do not want to wear that label. 
I do think we all need to own a physical Bible in our in yeah. our homes. I, that's a good idea. I, I really, Not so that it won't be corrupted by AI. <laughs> I just think it's a good idea. It is a good idea, but I'm just saying, get it now. <laughs> uh, it was... It was Dave's laying his head down on the counter. <laughs> it, it was just a couple years yeah. ago, I remember bringing a news story uh-huh. in here about how the Chinese Communist Party uh-huh. had literally changed, had re-edited the Bible, physical Bibles. Yeah. So there's no guarantee mm-hmm. there. You just have to know the scriptures. You do. You but have they had, to know. They literally changed it to support their party politics. Right. Yes. But they didn't have an AI do it. They no, did they it themselves. That's right. It's all of the above. I mean, right. all of the above. And in this, and we're so, if you're offended by passages in scripture, what's the easiest thing to do? Get rid of those passages, whatever that may look like. So, because it might mean that <laughs> you uh, need to change. Yes, exactly. I think it was Paige mm. Brown who said the other day, she said, we just want to be endorsed, not confronted. You know, that's not even a real relationship. That's just I'm going to load it in as a PDF Uh and then control. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Control X. Yeah. Then I don't have to worry about it. That's right. Yep, exactly. Spurious is the big word of the day today. It's an adjective, S-P-U-R-I-O-U-S. And this is something that is not what it purports to be. It's the opposite of of authentic, a line of reasoning that's apparently but not actually valid can be spurious. It was actually applied to certain books that were circulating with the New Testament in the early church that were not inspired and not considered to be part of the Bible. But here is your sentence to go along with the big word. Knowing the Bible like an old friend can guard you against spurious passages and interpretations. That's the big word of the day today. It is spurious. This is the morning.